of applause and thankful for these teachers who work with them week after week after week. That's such a 
such a great thing. Um, I need to give you some instructions. We're going to have, as soon as our children are, th- are finished and through, uh, Arena is going to play something for us. And as she's doing that, um, those, there are two offering plates up here. We're having a special offering today for Iris Harvey. For those of you who remember, Iris is one of our uh, members who is battling um, cancer. And so we're doing a special offering for her today. Uh, you can also just drop it in the boxes uh, outside. In fact, uh, let me just go ahead and say that at the conclusion of the service today, there will be some men with um, plates there to receive the offering in the vestibule. And also, as you depart through the uh, doors to my left, um, there's a black box or two on the wall, and you may also place an offering there. And you can do the iris offering there also, but we're just glad for the, for that opportunity. And Susan, I also need to give you some instruction if, um, if Arena finishes and we're not ready in the baptism, it's your turn to play something. I just thought you'd like to know it. So at this time, if you uh, would, as Arena plays, if you'd like to come forward to receive the offering for Iris.
Well, good morning. It's so good to see each of you today, and no um, greater way to welcome you than from this baptistry. And today we have a family who have come to know the, the kindness and the goodness and the saving favor of our Lord Jesus Christ, and today they're going to make their public profession of faith, and we're just going to rejoice in that. I tell you, I'm so excited, I really just want to take this water and just splash it on the choir, all right? So I may, I may get excited. It may happen, all right? It, it may happen. But let's worship together in this moment. This is Zach Davis. And Zach comes today knowing that he has trusted Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior. Zach, you're not ashamed of Jesus, are you, friend? Sure. Amen. You know that he saved you and changed your life. Amen. Amen. Zach will perform your profession of faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I baptize you today, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, raised with Christ in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. This is his wife, Sandy. And Sandy, you're coming today believing that Jesus has changed your life. Amen? Not ashamed. Amen. Amen. Sandy, upon your profession of faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you today, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, raised with Christ in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. This is their son, Braden. Braden, you come this morning. You know that you trusted Jesus to be your Savior. Amen. Amen. Not ashamed, right? Amen. Amen. Braden, upon your profession of faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you today, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, raised with Christ in the likeness of his death. wide the gate so we could walk into all the joy and splendor of heaven he opened wide the gate so we could walk into all the joy and splendor of heaven he opened wide the gate so we could walk into all the joy and splendor of heaven. He opened wide the gate so we could walk into 
Amen. And we've already experienced people walking into all the joy and splendor of heaven this morning. We're going to sing together about God's faithfulness primarily this morning. Beginning with a song we learned last week, always. I think you'll remember it. So if you will stand and let's join our hearts together. I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands, that your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age, and all generations will bow down and praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now,
nations will bow down and praise the Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always.
praise team is making their way back today I, I want to recognize brother Paul McKee our AMS we usually call them DOMs but they're AMS uh, now and so we're glad to have him with us today you know as I was thinking about this day I really was led to songs about faithfulness and the song the choir sings now is a lesson about faithfulness because you know we read as little children we're told about the stories of the Bible. We hear about David and Goliath. We hear about Moses. We hear about Mary. We hear about all those people. And somehow, some way, sometimes there is a disconnect between the God of the Bible and our God. But he's the same God. Yesterday, today, forever. And he's always working for our benefit. He always loves us. He is the same God.
Well, God bless you, choir. Thank you, musicians. So good to see each of you today. If you're here, glad that you're here today, say amen. Amen. I tell you this, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for braving the rain, and uh, I know it's rained a lot. If you took a boat in, I'm glad you did, and, uh, but I'm just so thankful for today. Listen, I'm so excited. I, ca I cannot believe uh, that today is finally here, and uh, oh my goodness, just to see some folks that I know and love and appreciate a lot of good friends here today. Paul, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad my sister is here today. Wave everybody, Rhonda. Wave everybody. There you go. She is the best. She used to pick on me so much. Well, actually, it was the opposite, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I'm in church. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. But I'm so glad to see each of you today, and, and I'm, I'm thankful that today is here. And i got to be honest, I'm grateful that transition, I can mark off transition, and I can just say pastor, all right? I can just say pastor, and I love that. I love that. I'm so excited, and the Lord just continues to work. Uh, on uh, Tuesday evening, we put our house on the market Tuesday evening, uh, and it sold in less than 24 hours. So thank the Lord for that. And uh, actually got more than what we asked for. And they were even willing to kind of, I mean, even undergird that a little bit more. I won't go into all the details because I'm not a realtor and I don't exactly know what I'm talking about. All I know is it's done. We've signed the contract. And now we just, you know, go through all the appraisal, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, hopefully we will close on it on March the 8th. March the 8th. Now, that's a, I, don't know, I don't know if you know anything about Bible numerology or not. But do you know what the, the number eight represents? New beginnings. Amen. New beginnings. And I feel like that is what we are a part of right now. And so, uh, church, I, I tell you, what we've experienced today, I pray, will be what we get to experience a lot. Here's what I mean by that. I, I hope we keep water and the baptism and keep it clean a lot. And I'm praying that God would give us many souls, that the gospel would do what only the gospel can do, and we would see many, many people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will not just, listen, we don't want just converts, we want to we make disciples, amen? And we want to connect inward, upward, and outward for the glory of God. And so I am grateful that today, um, I'm going to preach a series, I don't know if we'll, six, seven weeks, somewhere along in there, out of the book of Titus. So if you will, find uh, your Bible, your device, uh, whatever you use to read the scripture, that's a good one. All right, somebody asked me a long time ago, what is the best translation? I said, it's the one you'll read, all right? So as long as you'll read it, that's good, all right, that's good. And uh, so if you use a, your iPhone, that's a good thing. It's still the Bible. It's still the Word of God. Amen? And uh, so turn with me to the book of Titus. Now, I'm not going to give a lot of background. I'm going to say that because it really lends itself into the text next week. And so uh, I, I, will, I will tell you more about Creed and kind of the background of what's going on next week. But today I want to use the first four verses to... To, to glean from the scripture, but at the same time, I want to lay a foundation for what you can expect out of me, okay? You need to know what you can expect out of me, 
and what I think and what I believe. And, and I think you know a lot of that, but I want to be sure that we nail that down. And so you're going to hear a lot of my heart uh, in this message. Matter of fact, next week it's about elders and pastors. And so I am going to be preaching about me, all right? And uh, so that means we got to know what the Bible says about the under-shepherd of the church, so what those expectations are. So I want my expectation and your expectation to be God's expectation, right? That, and, and that makes it work. And if it's not, then that's when we get all kind of sideways, and we're not going to get sideways, all right? I don't like sideways energy. That, that does not help us, okay? That does not help us. And uh, so if you found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, hold your Bible up or your device, and say this with me. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing word. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for such a wonderful day today. Lord, uh, to be blessed by our preschoolers, and uh, Lord, what, what, uh, just thank you for all of our leaders who have spent time just loving on them and teaching them and investing in them. And, and uh, God, when I hear those little voices and see those faces, God, I know that uh, Lord, in years to come, they're going to be foundational pieces of this fellowship. And so, God, thank you that you've entrusted us with young hearts and young minds to, to teach and to grow up in the admonition and, uh, of the Lord. And so, God, thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for Brother Scott, our praise team, the band, the choir, God, all of our musicians. Lord, thank you for them just leading us so well week after week after week. Lord, how I thank you for the experience of baptism today. God, the greatest message that's going to be preached all day is the message that Zach and Sandy and Braden preached when they followed you in believer's baptism. God, thank you that you still save. God, thank you that you still redeem. And God, thank you that you've given us an opportunity right here in this corner of the world to make a difference with the gospel. And so, Jesus, I pray that you will just kind of set the tone even today that, Lord, we are just going to be hungry for souls and hungry for truth and hungry for the word and, and that, God, we would trust you, that we would believe that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And God, every miracle that you have done in the past, God, every work of grace should, Lord, just help us with this glorious anticipation that, God, you are still going to redeem and still save and still deliver and still heal. And, God, work everything out for your good and for your glory. And so, God, I pray in these next few moments that you will just, Lord, teach us from your word. Holy Spirit, just have freedom in this place. And, God, you do that which will bring you the greatest measure of glory. And for that, God, we will be eternally thankful and grateful. And we will praise the name of Jesus. For it's in his name that we do pray. Amen. 
God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk about, you know, what does it really look like to be a follower of Jesus? And I want to use the model uh, that, that we have in the first four verses. So here's point number one. A follower of Jesus lives a life of surrender. When, when Paul begins to open up this, this letter to Titus, he says, I, Paul, a servant of God. If you look that word and dig into a little bit, it's, uh, the actual word there is bond servant. It is one of the most uh, subservient terms in all of the Greek. It is the description of a person who surrenders everything, their will, their might, everything to the authority of another. And so you remember Acts chapter 9, here is Paul, and he's going to persecute the church. That's what thrilled him, was persecuting the church. He hated God, he hated the church, he hated righteousness, he hated godliness, he didn't have any faith in God whatsoever, and he was persecuting every single believer and loving every minute of it. But something glorious happened in Acts chapter 9. As he was going to Jerusalem to, to rake some havoc, guess who showed up? This is not a trick question. Guess who showed up? God did. And God gloriously saved him. And everything began to change. Listen, if God has not changed you, God has not saved you. You understand? The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and all things are becoming new. And so he had this incredible experience of salvation with the Lord Jesus. And from that moment on, what you see is, is this, this vessel of honor and, and this spirit of a, a willing servant who is saying, God, I will surrender my right. I will surrender my will. I will surrender my life. I once served sin. But by God's grace, now I'm going to serve Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. So a follower of Jesus lives a life of surrender. Keeley said this, and I quote, Let it be said that true freedom is not in the ability to do what we please, but the ability to do as we ought by the grace and enablement of God. When the Apostle Paul called himself a bond servant, he is saying, I have no right to refuse anything that God would ask of me. May I submit to you today, that should be the theme of our own heart today, right? That God, as we are yours, that we have been bought with the price, we are not our own. Lord, I will lay my life down. I will lay my will down. God, I will lay everything down, all of my rights. I lay all those things down, and I have no way to refuse that. In other words, you're saying, God, I want your will to be my will. We, we as a church are saying, God, we want your will to be our will. Every one of us in this room that is saved by grace, I pray that you are following Jesus in such a way that your life is, is totally surrendered to say, God, I want you. And I want your ways. I want to know your will. So there is no refusal, but also there's no rivalry. One of the things that we're going to discover that was going on in Crete, there was a lot of idol worship. And so an idol is just something that you would put in place of God. You with me? 
Let me ask you a question. You got any idols in your life right now? Is there anything in your life that's more important than you walking with Jesus right now? Is there anything in your life that you know is not under the lordship of Jesus Christ? And so I would encourage you to think about that this morning. Offer him no idol. Offer him no rival. That nothing would come between you and Jesus. That you realize that you are married to Jesus. Right? Okay. Now here's, we're going to have to, this, I, y'all, we've had a whole year of training. So here's the deal. If you amen me, uh-huh, I will go faster. All right? This is the way this works. So let's just suppose, Pat and I, Lord willing, on, on um, August the 27th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. Can't believe it's gone by so fast. And, uh, but, I, you know, I do. I, I love her, and she's, she's, she's the, I mean, she's just the bride of my youth, and she still pops my corn and waters my melon. Hallelujah, all right? And so, but let's just suppose I came home one day and I laid my cell phone down and Pat picks up my cell phone, which that's not unusual, okay? I learned after I first got married, I don't know if there's anybody here, you know, maybe you're engaged or you're getting ready to get married, all that kind of stuff. Let me just tell you something. Guys, listen to me. Just listen. Every to-be husband, listen to me. Everything your wife has is hers and everything you have is hers, okay? So just go ahead and understand. That's just the way it's going to work, all right? And so she, you know, look at my wallet and all that kind of stuff. But let's just suppose she, she takes my cell phone and she starts flipping through my cell phone and she looks at my pictures and all of a sudden they are pictures of other women in my phone. And she says, Ken, I got a question. Who are these other ladies? Who are these pictures of these other ladies in your phone? And I said, hon, you don't have anything to worry about. They just just people that I know and sometimes, you know, maybe go to dinner with or go play putt-putt with or (laughs) I think I've told you this before. My wife does not believe in divorce, but she does believe in murder, all right? (laughs) That would not go over well at the Forrester household. Well, can I tell you that doesn't go over well in our walk with Jesus either. If there's anything that consumes the rightful place that belongs to him. And so as a bondservant, there is no refusal. God, whatever your will is, I will conform to that. There is no rival. God, there's nothing I would not lay down in order to walk with you. And then there's no resignation. The idea that, Lord, there's just nothing that's going to ever be too hard. Now, I know sometimes we think that it can be too hard, right? I mean, God can knock all the stuff right out of you. And he can chip away at a lot of things. But I promise you this, as a bond servant, we're not going to offer any resignation. We're not going to quit. We're not going to let up. We're not going to back up. Listen to these words. But we have this treasure in vessels of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. 
We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In other words, there is no let up, no backup, no hope up until this church is filled up or God takes us up. You with me? We're going for it. We're going for it. And we're going to surrender ourselves to the complete will of God. Why? Because we've been bought with a price. Our ultimate allegiance and lordship is to him. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, for what we Proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. So a follower of Jesus lives a life of surrender. But let's continue in the scripture. I, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, an apostle was someone who saw Jesus. I mean, that, there, there's different qualifications, but the main qualification, this is someone who actually saw Jesus with their eyes. They saw him living, breathing. And by the way, there's no more biblical apostles today. I don't care what you read. I don't care what you see on TV. I don't care what you listen to on the radio. I'm just telling you there are no other apostles today. All right? But Paul did see Jesus, and he was called an apostle. And so the word apostle means one who is sent forth. It was a military term. It was someone who, who the commander-in-chief gave an order to, and he carried out that order. Maybe there was a message, a note, and he would take that note and deliver it where it needed to be. So the second thing I want you to see is this. A follower of Jesus has only one authority, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God. I, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the what? Truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. So a disciple, a follower of Jesus, only has one authority in his life, and that authority is the, is the word of God itself. Now that means something to me. Okay, in particular, that means a lot to me. 
for God not only to save me, but at uh, 18 years of age to be called into the gospel ministry, that means something to me. So, so I know today I'm not an apostle in the apostle sense, but I know that God has called me to preach. I know that God has called me to pastor. I know that God has called me to proclaim. By the way, every born-again child of God, you have been given an authority by Jesus himself to proclaim the gospel. So all of us have a message to share. And so a, the, he, when you think about today in our own term, if I think about apostle, where I'm thinking about a disciple maker, a messenger, an ambassador, a herald, somebody that has a message. And by the way, don't miss this. It's not our message. It's his message. It's his message. And so a herald is on assignment to deliver the message of another. And the another, in our case, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It is not our job to edit that message. Right? That is not our role to take the Word of God and somehow twist it, chop it off, make it fit so that we feel good. My goal will never to be to scratch your itching ears. I can promise you that, all right? You already voted. It's too late. I want to comfort the afflicted, but I might be prone to afflict the comforted every now and then. Do you know the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, amen? And sometimes that Word can cut you to the bone. But the same word that can cut you is the same word that can heal you. Amen? Thank God for his word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I believe with all of my heart God has sent me here today for this season, whatever that's going to look like, to be able to share the Word of God. And I've, I've, I've accepted that call on God's authority. And this message is not from a man. It's not from a denomination. It's not from, from any other place than from God. And so we're going to get a good, steady dose of what God says. Okay? According. That's why I like that phrase there. I, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for. The word for there is a word of purpose. It means according, according to. This is, it answers the question why. Why did God save him? Why did God call him? Why is he a bondservant? Why is he an apostle? Here's the why. Because, because that was God's goal. The goal of God is to save and to redeem lost people. Now, I'm going to say three things very quickly, and in the weeks to come, I will unpack it in, in a deeper way. But, but just get this, because our, our time, well, you know, I don't have to be too quick, because we're all eating here today, amen? Lord, have mercy. Hot dog, buckle up. All right. But if, but if, if you just, if you watch, you, you got the word faith, knowledge, truth, godliness, eternal life. So when you when you take those words and you understand kind of kind of what 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 Paul is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when, when he gets to that portion of the text truth talks about saving faith the truth is 
only Jesus can save, right? And that is why he declares at the end of verse 3 and and into 4 that he says, God is Savior, Jesus is Savior. By the way, Jesus is very God, so don't let that throw you for a loop. He is Savior. Jehovah is salvation. And so when he talks about faith, it's a picture of salvation. When he talks about knowledge, it's a picture of sanctification. When he talks about eternal life, it's a picture of glorification. So watch this. I've been saved, I'm being saved, and I'm going to be saved. That means I came out of darkness into the light, right? We call that being saved. I've been born again. God has saved me. He's changed me. But now that he's changed me, guess what he does? He keeps changing me. And he keeps working, and he keeps working. And when I mess up, God's grace will just cling me right back up again. Somebody say amen. Aren't you grateful for that? And, and he, hey, and that's going to keep on, that's just going to be a part of our life until we get where? To glory. And that's glorification. Because here's the ultimate promise. There is coming a day and time whether we're going to die or Jesus is going to come back and take us home and we will be in the presence of the Lord forever. And I'm telling you the best part about that, sin will not have anything else to do with us. Sickness will have nothing else to do with us. I will not have to wear glasses. I won't have to be on a diet. A couple of weeks ago, I got on the scales, and I weighed 200 and none of your biswax, all right? I couldn't believe it, but I tell you, I'm, 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 I'm about seven pounds lighter than then, and I'm going to keep getting it. So I need to make, listen, I'll tell you this, I believe in accountability, so I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to kill myself today. Now, just... If you've got something that you want me to eat and I would offend you, here's what I might do. I might put it in a to-go box. I'll take it home and I'll I'll spread it out all week long, but I'm not going to eat it all today. Except for Barbara's banana pudding, all right? (laughs) One day I'm not going to have to worry about that. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb and for Jesus just to host us himself? Salvation, sanctification, glorification, faith, knowledge, eternal life. That's what I'm going to preach from this pulpit. You understand that? I want you to hear that big and plain. That is what is going to be preached from this pulpit. H.B. Charles said, the pulpit is not the place for personal testimonies, political speeches, group therapy sessions, motivational talks, self-help advice, worldly philosophies, or scientific theories. The pulpit is the throne for the Word of God. So you're going to get a good dose of the Bible. And what we do is going to be funneled in through the Scriptures. Amen? I just want you to know that. Say, Ken, what if we've never done it that way before? Well, you're going to, and we'll do it together. We'll do it together. Last and very quickly, last thing, a follower of Jesus is faithful to the faith and the knowledge of eternal life. I love the way he phrases this. 
when he talks about eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And, and I won't spend time there again. There's some themes that we'll, we'll, we'll capture as we walk through this book. But let me just say this. Let me, let me just skip down to verse 4. He says, to Titus, my true child in a common faith. I don't want you to miss that because that's going to be a big part of what we want to build into the DNA of our fellowship. So let me read that again. To Titus, my true child in a common faith. It is of my belief that a true disciple will reproduce themselves into others. I think that's a mark of spiritual maturity. And he says, my true child. Some, some translations don't use the phrase, my true child. They say, my son, my son in the faith, my son in the ministry, just like he did Timothy. In other words, Paul invested, he poured his life into Titus. And I don't know if you've ever kind of just run a, a, a quick word study, but, but there's so many places in the New Testament that speak of Titus. Now, you, we're more familiar with Timothy, but listen to this. Galatians 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. He's investing. He's pouring in to Titus. 2 Corinthians 7, 6. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. 2 Corinthians 8, for as Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. 2 Corinthians 12, did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? What you see here is a picture of the faithfulness of a follower of Jesus pouring himself and mentoring another follower of Jesus. Friend, it's all about relationships. And so one of the things I want to develop and see in the DNA of our church is that we're going to build on a biblical foundation, but what we do is going to be built around relational environments. People, flesh and blood. I don't want you just coming, and the only time you ever see each other is at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. You walk in the front door, you say, hey, how are you? And then you never see them again till the next Sunday. We want to build some relational environments that we actually do life together. Acts chapter 2, if you will. Where we eat together, play together, goof off together, pray together, study the word together. But we're doing it in relationship. I, I just think that is a critical, critical piece of, of multiplying not only relationships, but leadership in the church and then the multiplication of churches. I say I want to fill this building up, and I do. I want to fill it up so we can empty it out. And then let's fill it up again, and then we'll empty it out. And we'll be a part of revitalization. We'll be a part of planting other churches across our state and perhaps maybe some other states. I would love to see God call men and women and, and vocationally and uh, ministry. I'm telling you, it can happen. It can happen. 
I, I want a volunteer base here. You know what? In the average Baptist church, I'm going to say something, and it's just a nasty word. It's a nasty old word in Baptist life, nominating committee. And if you don't know what that is, I'm so happy you don't know what that is. It's where people beg somebody just to do something so they can put their name down on a piece of paper. I'm not going to do that. We're going to be very intentional. And we want to build a culture where leaders develop other leaders. And we have such a volunteer pipeline, we will never have to get up and beg people to serve. That's not going to happen if we don't build it into the culture. And that's a big part of what we want to see happen. And so if you rock babies in the nursery, I want you to learn how to invite others to come and show them how to rock babies in the nursery. If you teach the three-year-old class, I'm going to encourage you to find somebody else that will come and watch what you do and you model them how to teach and then you give them a, an opportunity to teach a little bit and then guess what? You might just, we're going to grow. We might have to have more than one three-year-old class. Choir members? I can go everywhere. Hey, how about, how about the pastor? I'll close with this. My goal, and, and the search team knows this, my goal is to work myself out of a job. Because I want to reproduce myself in somebody else. I can never ask you to do what I am not willing to model. So that's going to be a big piece. So you know what? We're going we're gonna to fill this place up. We're going to baptize people like crazy. I'm believing that God's going to send us a spirit of awakening in this area. And we're going to get to be right in the thick of it. And who knows what God will do for his good and for his glory. Here's the key. We're going to do everything that we do with eternity in view. Do you know one reason why some people don't follow Jesus more deeply? I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't live with eternity's perspective. Y'all do know one out of one die, right? So whatever we're going to do, we got to get it done now. Because one day we will stand before Jesus. And so the part of being faithful is living with eternal life in view. That'll help me not get too attached to this world. And if I'm not too attached to this world, guess what? It's easy to surrender. It's easy to trust. And so today, simple invitation. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come forward today, and I'd love to take the Bible and show you how to know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're looking for a church home. Doors of this church are open. We'll receive you. encourage you to go through our uh, PS 101. They'll tell you everything that you need to know about church membership and church life and how to get connected and established, and Brother Joy does an amazing job with that. Maybe you're here and you just say, you know what, Ken, I, I've got an idol. 
I've got something in my life that's keeping me from being who Jesus died for me to be. Well, I can't think of a better day to just drop that idol, let it go, and just trust Jesus. So, Lord, today, I thank you and praise you for who you are. Thank you for the time that we've had together in your word. And Jesus, I pray that even now that someone, God, there could be someone here today that so desperately needs you. And God, I pray that you would just gloriously save and change them as they place their faith in you today, believing into your death, burial, and resurrection. God, maybe there's someone who needs to join this church today to anchor in to what you are going to do right here at Poplar Springs. God, maybe there's just other concerns, other issues. Lord, we just want to have this time that we can just, Lord, trust you. And so, Lord, you, you take this invitation and you do with it what you will. And we pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Brother Scott's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. Just trust him. That's all I ask. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him.
I think we've heard about that today, don't you? With eternity in our minds, in our hearts. Well, the day is not over because I went down the stairs a while ago and I had to go pick something up in my office. I was walking this way to my office, but my nose <laughs> took me to the gym where there is a banquet set forth before us. And so um, we're going to go down that way. I'm going to ask... Uh, Pat and Ken and their family, whoever of your family, if you'll go first. I know that you, lots of folks are going to want to talk to you, but they can do it around the table. Yes, yes, we want you to eat too. It'll be great. Um, so we'll give them just a moment uh, to get out. Choir is off this afternoon, but we'll be back next week. We want you to uh, come and be a part of us. We need you. We're looking forward to that time. As they're departing, can we give a round of applause to our new pastor and his family? Amen. Let's pray together, and then we can just uh, go our way downstairs for a time of fellowship. We'll bless it right here, too, so you can just go ahead through the line. Let's pray. Father, wow, how awesome it is to be in your presence, to hear your word proclaimed. Lord, I pray that all we ever hear is your word in this place. I pray that in days to come that all that we do will be with eternity in mind, with your will leading the way. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done today, for allowing us the opportunity to see folks follow you in baptism, to, to worship you today, to feel and sense your presence for your word for sending us our pastor and his family. I pray that you will bless them and us because of this association. And as we go now downstairs to partake of food and fellowship, I pray that we won't be in a hurry, that we'll just have a time of loving on each other and on you. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.